Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two here of the early line on the grid. It is sportsgrid.com. Joe Ranieri alongside Dane Martinez, and we uh, we dragged him back in here. Joe Lisi, our buddy. Go for the two, by the way, guys. Everything that you need to know about college football, head over to goforthetwo.com. Get yourself set up. A lot of uh, fun things Joe's going to tell us about coming up. Uh, actually, this uh, this weekend, too, as well as far as tackling the upcoming season uh, in the uh, in college football. And, uh, Joe, before we talk about this upcoming season, I wanted to get your thoughts. I know you're a Miami guy. I know you love the Dolphins, man. And, listen, I think the AFC East, for the first time in a long time, has got uh, there's some opportunities uh, for teams like uh, Dane and I's the Jets and Buffalo. And, of course, your Dolphins now. 14 draft picks, Joe. They got 14. I don't see them. They ain't picking 14 guys. So they're going to use some of that draft assets in order to be able to move up. The question is, where did they use it? Do you think with three picks in the first round, do they utilize those kinds of assets to go up and get somebody? If they do, who the hell are they going to get? Well, uh, yeah, if they go up to draft for Tua, I would have a major problem with that. I, and it's not to take away from Tua's game, a granted 70% completion percentage, but the injury concerns, Joe, are a huge, mm. huge concern of mine. I mean, he couldn't keep healthy at Alabama with two ankles and now a major hip injury. We don't know how he's going to fare on the next level. He's 6'1", about 215 pounds. We haven't been able to check him out. The player I would like to see Miami draft is the player I mentioned before, Isaiah Simmons. Mm. When you, you can get him in the first five picks, he is worth that type of weight in terms of a draft pick status because he's a versatile player. Defensive players in today's game are huge. They're like gold. I'd much rather have a five-tool defensive player than a, a quarterback that we have concerns about. I would like to see them take Jacob Eason. That would be mm. my pick. I think you're going to get the same type of ability. He's healthier. He's raw. But give me Jacob Eason over two if I'm a Miami Dolphin fan. Damn, Dane. That's very interesting. That is very interesting. Now, wait a second, because you're high on Eason. You said you're not necessarily high on guys like Tua and Herbert. I've got to ask you about another quarterback that's, you know, in consideration with this four-and-a-half quarterbacks going in the first round, and that's Mr. Love out of Utah State. I've heard everything from that he doesn't belong in this first round to getting comparisons to Patrick Mahomes. Can you give me a little bit of detail? What elements of his game do you like, Joe? Well, he's mobile quarterback, and he extends plays. But it, he didn't extend plays to the way Patrick Mahomes did at Texas Tech, I can tell you that. The one thing about uh, Jordan Love in terms of his game, he was an inconsistent passer for much of his career against elite competition, didn't take the game over. So that's what I need to see. You know, they play teams like LSU, and his team scored three points. That's what you want to see in terms of elite talent, being able, NFL ready to come in and lead this team. When you look at Patrick Mahomes, his team was sub 500, but he was able to put up points against some of the best defenses that he faced each and every week. So that's what you want to see from a quarterback extending plays, but the inconsistency in terms of reads and coverage and the inability and ability at times to force balls into coverage for Jordan Love is a main reason why I don't pick him as in the first round. I think he's more of a second or a third round guy, uh, but that's not to take away from his ability. In today's NFL, it's more of a seven-on-seven -seven schematic than it is in terms of a football game. So that's why his level translates and his ability does translate to the next level, just not a first-round talent. In my opinion, he's still raw. All right, Joe, let me ask you about uh, the New England Patriots for a second here. Obviously, Brady no longer there in Tampa Bay. Uh, they haven't done anything except bring back uh, old reliable Brian Hoyer. Uh, but a lot of people are saying this is Stidham's team. Um, that they And far be it from us because it's not like, and they never get any credit for it, but it's not like New England hasn't done a really good job of cultivating quarterbacks and at least getting them paid somewhere along the line, including Tom Brady. So... 
Uh, what do you see them doing? Do they go quarterback uh, with either the first pick in the 20s or maybe uh, later down? And what do you remember? Tell us about Stidham, man. Uh, coming out of college, what did you like? Did you think he was an NFL quarterback uh, now with the New England Patriots out of South Carolina? Well, here's the thing to keep an eye out for Stidham is that a lot of people forget that he started his career in Baylor, which was a right. five-wide uh, offensive attack with R. Bryles. And then he transfers to Auburn. He was supposed to be the savior, but they didn't have the complementary pieces to work that style of offense under Gus Malzahn. They were more of a run-heavy offensive attack, and he needed to work off a of play action. He showed glimpses in certain games, but against elite competition, he didn't step up and lead his team. Now with Bill Belichick a year in the system, they're going to have to build some talent around them. Now, if they can go back to that style in terms of getting the football out in three to four seconds flat, utilize the running backs in the short intermediate passing game, Jared Stidham can be effective. Can he be an elite quarterback? Are you going to get half the production of what Tom Brady did at the, at the height of his career? I'm not so sure, but he can be a stopgap until either next year with Trevor Lawrence or possibly Deshaun Watson. I mean, I've heard that. I mean, we'll see. I think one of the quarterbacks later in the round, they're talking about James Morgan, but there's some other guys. Stanley from Iowa is a quarterback, too, that I think could be moving up draft charts. His ability to utilize the tight end is something that translates to the next level. All right, Joe. So we've been talking about the draft. We've been talking about looking back. I want to look forward in college football because our friends at FanDuel have put out futures odds, right? Whether it be for the 2021 National Championship or some of the conferences that are out there. Now, Joe, I know Clemson, I know Alabama, I know Georgia and these schools. Can you give me a team or, to be quite honest, a conference even that you like that may play out differently than the books are saying right now? If I wanted to find a bomb or some value, it's clearly not looking at SEC teams or Alabama or or Clemson, right? Who are some teams that you think are primed to take a jump in the 2020 college football season whenever it does in fact take place? Yeah, the, the important thing to recognize, Dane, is that, you know, it's very, there's only about six or seven teams that legitimately can challenge for a national championship. So you mentioned the Alabamas, the Clemsons, Ohio States, we get that. A team that uh, I think a lot of people are sleeping on is Notre Dame. You know, uh, three straight years with 10 wins, two years removed from a 12-0 regular season, lost to Clemson. Ian Book returns, did throw for 34 touchdown passes. They were an 11-2 football team last year. Tommy Reese can coach that offense up, a former quarterback. Don't sleep on Notre Dame because I think they're a team that could possibly crack 11 or 12 wins this year with a senior quarterback they have value heading into 2020. Now, when you look at the SEC teams, I put out my preview. I picked Florida 11-1, and I picked Auburn at 11-1. They're both value. Auburn does have, I believe, a 25-1 to shot to win the national championship. It is because of their quarterback, Bo Nix, a freshman. They went through the growing pains. But this is a team with the addition of offensive coordinator Chad Morris that has the ability to surprise some people from a schedule perspective, too. That's what you have to look at when right. you look at futures, not just the talent. Do they have the type of schedule that aligns for them to challenge for not only a, a conference championship? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So so that's what you look at. So Florida's schedule and Auburn's schedule, coupled with the quarterback player Kyle Trask and Bo Nix, really, to me, translates very well, and you're getting value for both of those teams. Another team that has a very easy schedule, uh, I don't think they can do it. Texas A&M, I picked them at 9-3 overall. Their schedule is one of the weakest within the SEC. So, uh, you know, they can get to nine wins just by closing their eyes. So we'll see if they can do it. Well, they, they better because you paid Jimbo an awful lot of money to get to double-digit wins there. So I think uh, the honeymoon is certainly over uh, at Texas A&M. And, I, you know, I got to ask you, there's a lot of coming up this season, Joe Doe, there's a lot of new coaches, new faces in conferences. Um, and, uh, of course, one of the guys that uh, we've loved over the years, Lane Kiffin, 
He's bringing his, uh, he's bringing that show to the SEC. You've got a, Mike Leach is in the SEC, Nick Saban at Argeron. It's just, it's become a cast of characters there. But of the new coaches this year, uh, who is it that you think has got the best shot at succeeding? I love Kiffin having been there, failed, built it back up. Now he's got another crack at this apple to make it count. Do you, is Kiffin, do you think he's got an opportunity to be real successful going up against his old coach there? Yes, but here's the problem, Joe, a gauntlet of a schedule, yeah. and that's one of the things that we're talking about. Here's the thing. He's got one of the most athletic quarterbacks in John Rice Plumley. Completion percentage will be a concern, 53%, but he was a 1,000-yard rusher. Look at the September-October schedule for Ole Miss. They yeah. start – it goes Auburn, I believe LSU, then Alabama. They fake all three of those teams back-to-back -back weeks with no bye week. So that's going to be very difficult for any team, new system, young quarterback. And here's the other concern for Lane Kiffin, Joe. Defensively with Mike McIntyre, they only gave up 135 rushing yards mm. per game. Chris Partridge, the new defensive coordinator, can he maintain that progression? Because they actually progressed under Mike McIntyre. McIntyre and uh, and their team last year in terms of they were 225 rushing yards allowed in 2018. They cut it down by 70, 80 yards per game. I don't know if they can do that in year number one with Kiffin. Hey, Joe, last one from me. You know, I asked you to give me some kind of value on the championship market. I'm going to do the same with the Heisman market, okay? You mentioned Trevor Lawrence already as a potential first, you know, overall pick in next year's draft. Um, and we've seen, we know about Justin Fields at Ohio State. You know, those are the two favorites, obviously, for the Heisman. And then there is a big gap. But if you can like Auburn, does that mean a guy like maybe Bo Nix at 25 to 1? If not he, who profiles to be able to have a dominant season and the stats and a team record worthy of being invited to New York in early December? I'll give you three guys. Well, it, it is it is Ian Book for Notre Dame. The fact that he threw 34 touchdowns last year, I, he can duplicate that in, tw in 2020. I think in order to win the Heisman, Dane, the biggest thing that you need to uh, – people that bet on it need to understand is that – the Heisman is not just a quarterback-centric uh, award anymore. It's quarterback-centric, and they have to be in the spotlight. You can't right. just have a mediocre team. So which team is going to be an elite program, have an opportunity to play for a national championship, and put up dynamic numbers? That's why Kyler Murray was there, Baker Mayfield, and all those players. You know, running backs are a dime a dozen now. Jonathan Taylor rushed for 2,000 yards. He didn't get basically any any votes for number one. He was a third round pick a third selection in, in in the Heisman so so Ian Book is one Kyle Trask for Florida would be the other I like him over Bo Nix he's a quarterback that threw 25 touchdown passes last year has a big play tight end and Kyle Pitts has the type of defense that can challenge the better teams in the SEC and I like them over Georgia this year so Kyle Trask 25 30 to 1 is another quarterback uh, so he has huge value and then another guy, I just I just forgot his name now. I said I was going to give you three. Mm. I zoned out there for a second. I'll but uh, Notre, Notre Dame, I zoned out there for a second. But Keaton Slovis for USC oh, yes. was, was my third. Mm. You know, this is a, a freshman Pac-12 player of the year, stepped up as a freshman, threw and completed uh, over 60% of his passes, Lose, loses Michael Pittman in a key uh, components of that wide receiver core. But listen, as a sophomore with the bullseye on their back, this is a kid that can lead USC to a possible Pac-12 championship without Oregon having an elite talent at the quarterback position. It's wide open. Keep an eye out for Keaton Slovis in 2020. Great value. All right, JoJo, before we let you out of here, a um, couple of things. I know you got uh, your Big Ten preview coming up. I want to ask you um, your thoughts on what it should be a just a crazy Big Ten this year with a lot of kids returning and restocking, of course, and uh, we'll all be looking at Michigan, Ohio State saying, will he do it? Will Harbaugh finally do it? But one of the realities of college football this year, um, and, and I know it's down the road, but the reality of not playing in front of students, not playing in front of fans, um, there are just, and, and again, not Debbie Downer here, but having not had 
the biggest fundraiser that the NCAA has, of course, in March Madness, which helps fund an awful lot of other things in college sports. Man, if you're talking about not being able to gate, not being able to get the handle at college football games, you know, my fear is you miss a couple of games. Um, there, there's a big problem uh, looming over college football, especially if they can't get fans into the stadium. What do you think happens here? Yeah, this is going to be the uh, the elephant in the room, the million-dollar question. I think that they have to start the games uh, from a revenue perspective, from the fear factor. You can't live in fear your whole life. And what happens when the next illness hits? What are we going to do then? That's mm. the concern. You can't just start it, stop it. It's ec economics in terms of a lot of different things, you know, for teams. So I think at the very least they'll play the season without fans the TV revenue will be there if they could televise it. So that would be the concern for me. But I think they have to kick it off on time, get 12 games in. And just from the books perspective as well, they're crushed. All right, Jojo. Well, we got about uh, 60 seconds here. Big 10 this year. I know you got the preview coming out. Go for the two.com. Talk to me. Who wins it this year? Do does Michigan finally beat Ohio State? No, nah, not going to happen. No way. No, no way, shape, or form. Ohio State, I just broke them down. Since 2015, 43-4 uh, against Big Ten competition since 2015. I mean, that's unbelievable. And they extended their margin of victory last year. They won their uh, 10 Big Ten games by 36 points per game. I mean, that's no joke. Ryan Day had that train moving. I love it. Joe Lisi, man, go for the two.com. Go get the previews. JoJo, always a pleasure talking to you, brother. Thanks yep. for taking the time. Be safe, and then let's uh, let's get you back on here as more previews come out, man. Be well. You too. Guys, love the show. You got it. Joe Lisi, go for the two.com. More on uh, college football and all of that good stuff uh, coming up here uh, next, including a little bit of a change that we learned in that horse game in the NBA. We'll give you all the details. We'll do that coming up next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back into the early line here on the grid at sportsgrid.com. He's Dane Martinez. I'm Joe Ranieri. And uh, again, want to thank uh, Joe Lisi for stopping by, talking a little draft, some college football. Uh, it felt kind of good to do that. Dane, it's been a while uh, since we've uh, had a chance to dive into uh, some college football, certainly next season, some things to be excited about. Uh, and we'll keep bringing, you know, he's doing all of the previews as well for, uh, for each conference at GoForTheTwo.com. Um, so as he breaks them down, uh, we'll go ahead and uh, see if we can't get him on. I know he's got nothing else to do, so oh. we're good to go. We can get him on here. But uh, just remember, you heard it here first, Joe Lisi, uh, Michigan, not beating Ohio State, another just unbelievable stack job by Ohio State in the Big Ten. So we'll have to see how that unfolds. But it's funny, I misspoke earlier, Dan. That was, uh, that was our bad there because... Uh, I never really read the follow-up uh, to the story. We were talking about horse, and uh, we were talking about the possibility, uh, and we, we said, you know what, we didn't understand the participants that they had floated out and leaked out, and it turns out we were right because it didn't make any sense, but we do now know, and uh, of course now the list was uh, released there, so we do know exactly what the pairings are and kind of the structure of how this is going, Dane. So what do we now, how is horse going to work here now with the NBA, bringing us a little uh, little something to be distracted by. Yeah, and, you know, we talked about it in terms of, like, you know, the, the style of play that mm. some of these people have and how, you know, obviously <laughs> a guy like Trey Young is going to be, you know, shooting versus yep. a guy like Zach Levine. So here's the pairings, and it is still – it does leave still something to be desired, okay? I think there are some advantages, but there will be eight uh, people in this horse challenge, okay? Um, so here are the matchups. 
what they are calling the quarterfinals. And these will apparently air on Sunday over on ESPN. So you got Trey Young okay. against Chauncey Billups. Okay, so both of them are guards, but obviously there is an age gap between them. Trey Young versus Chauncey Billups will be one matchup. Wow, okay. Zach Levine, who you mentioned, you know, kind of slam dunk participant, is going to face Paul Pierce, Joe. Wow. So this idea of, right, the idea of, um, you know, the, the former or the alumni uh, player will be there in Paul Pierce uh, versus Zach Levine. And then these other ones, we're going to have intergender matchups as well, Joe. I love I think this. Pretty interesting, right? So you yep. got the catchings, all Hall of Famer from the WNBA against Mike Conley Jr., current point guard of the Utah Jazz. That's so crazy. That's pretty interesting, right? Catchings versus Conley. And then the other one will be Chris Paul. You mentioned Jake from State Farm wearing his khakis um, against Allie Quigley of the Sky. And so that is an interesting matchup as well. So there you have it. Those are the four quarterfinals of horse. I don't know if they're putting lines up for this. I, I doubt it. But uh, how do you think these play out? It's so unique, you know, when you look at, first of all, the cast of characters. Like, I would not have seen Mike Conley right. coming into this thing. Like, at all, guys. I would, of all the people, I would have never have seen uh, Conley doing this. Um, 32 years old, kind of a bust this year. I mean, to the point where when he was traded to Utah, you know, from Memphis, it was spent all the time in Memphis, got the really big contract, and it didn't go well early for Utah. And we know they had their stretches. Then he ended up getting hurt, and then Utah just really started ripping off some, uh, some wins. And, you know, it never really got back on track for him. And now, of course... Now he's healthy. Of course he's healthy, right? He's had all of his time off. So um, he's only one year removed from averaging about 21, 22 points a game. I, um, I think this is going to be fun. I think Billups is what? Got to be mid-40s now. 17 seasons in the NBA. Didn't see that one either, coming to tell you the honest truth. So um, he was known as Mr. Big Shot. So this should be... Very interesting what the old guys, including, what, 42-year-old Paul Pierce? And that's I, the, you talk about Billups as Mr. Big Shot, right? Right. And Paul Pierce is clutch. The truth. Oh, yes. So I honestly, I don't understand, you know, I mean, like we said at the top, okay? Like, sure, put it on out. People are watching. Right. I don't understand why, for example, Billups wasn't paired up against Paul Pierce. Right. Guys. Right, right. Like, Hatchings isn't paired up against Allie Quigley. Right. So the two WNBA, you know, now and then kind of people. And why then Trey Young isn't against Conley. Yep. For example, current or younger point guards, right? That that sort of thing. So I wonder, it's like they're, they're, they're putting apples and oranges together. Yes. I'm not, listen, I'm not throwing shade. Let everyone watch. Have fun <laughs> with it, right? But it is interesting. I would have put, like, uh, retired versus retired and female versus female and like point guard versus point guard, you know? Or I mean? mix it. Yeah, right. It, it, it's, it's interesting. But you know what? Hey, listen, the old guys, all right, Chauncey Billups, and I can tell you that Paul Pierce ain't going to be scared in a game of horse against <laughs> Trey or against any of them uh, at all. And I got news for you. Catchings, too, was, is in history one of the most successful WNBA players. She, I think, is in her 40s, early 40s. Uh, Ten-time All-Star, MVP, uh, WNBA champ. Like she's, she ain't she ain't bowing down to anybody either. And Quigley, of course, plays for the Chicago Sky, All-Star, like sixth person of the year, I think, like three years in a row. Like she can. I think it's going to be fun. I don't know what the rules are. That's the thing to me. Like, you're going to do? Can you do two dunks in a row? A dunk's not allowed. Is it like? Because what Zach is just going to be. From right. the top of the key, you know what I mean? He's going to one-hand Jordan it. It's like, right. ooh. There's got to be some rules there. Right? Let yeah. me ask this, though. Okay, we got retired stars, WNBA mm -hmm. folks, you know, some, some veterans like Chris yep. Paul. If they lined up every current NBA player right, right now, you know, who would be your favorite to win, like, a real, you know, like when we talk about the slam dunk contest, right? And there's okay. a certain level of talent in there, and people always want to be like, oh, I wish it was LeBron. Oh, I wish it was Zion, that sort of thing, right? Who do you think out of the current NBA would be best positioned to literally win a high-stakes game of horse in the NBA? Like, who would be your number one seed out of all the players in the NBA? You well, know, like, one match, I think. Would, would far and away be right, the well. biggest moneymaker, biggest everything, and that's old versus new. It's LeBron versus Zion. 
You give me LeBron versus Zion one-on-one in any gym, any, I don't care, it, even a game of horse. Sure. You give me old school versus new school, and yeah, it's, there ain't nobody not watching that uh, moving forward. And, yeah, you got Giannis, and obviously, you know, but I, I do think that that younger crew versus the older generation, I think that's the most intriguing and would probably make for the best event of all time, even if it was just LeBron versus uh, LeBron versus uh, Zion in a game of horse right now. You know they got horse, couldn't they? Couldn't couldn't they do like a slam dunk contest in this way, like on TikTok sure. or something? You know, yes. like see, sure, call it Zion, right? And he does a crazy 360 through the legs reverse dunk right. on TikTok, and right. then he like. You know, tags four other NBA players. Try and match this. Yep. You know, I could see that being like, you know, you talk about uh, Ray Allen doing the hairline challenge. Yes, right? yes, yes. Like, couldn't they do that? Like that a, was great. a virtual slam dunk contest. Yep. I know you with Ray Allen. I love that. Yeah, Ray was killing me with that. Yep. <laughs> so I mean, there's ways to get creative. Again, mm -hmm. I give them props, like trying to get something out there. And I, you know, I do have some questions about the pairings or how it will actually right. look what the rules are but you know i think in some ways a basketball like the skills competition that we see over all-star weekend whether it's a three-point kind of contest yep. or a slam dunk kind of contest these guys have backyards where they can have a racquetball side you know set up and literally do in essence a three-point round they can videotape it themselves put That's it correct. out there like yo go beat that kyle corver or whatever it is that, you know? yep they it's funny. I, I'm glad, and it's obvious that they've been working on this for a while. They didn't just come up with this. So sure. even though it was just leaked to us uh, over the week, this is obviously something they've been uh, coordinating. And it's great because from the standpoint is you're going to have to have camera crews at all of these. So what is this, eight people, um, six people? So that's camera crews everywhere because they're in the gyms by themselves. So it's not everyone's quarantined in their own gym from what I understand so it's not like there's a group of guys together everybody's in their own location right it, I, that's my understanding yep. as well in essence like the NFL draft right yes. you can have this virtually done and that's why I say like um I'm sure Chris Paul has a has a very nice piece of property you know had a very nice outdoor back uh, court or yep. his own gym in his basement whatever it is mm -hmm. right so I wonder what else they can do it's really about getting the about getting the IT, right? In the same way we're talking about the NFL draft. Yep. That these guys have to come in and get them all set up for whatever kind of teleconferencing is going to happen. Yep. And that's what it would be. And I wonder if there's not a number of other NBA players that can literally go do this and, and throw down a 360 and be like, hey, match this, guys. I, I think to me, that what would the uh, three-point challenge, like you get, you know what I mean? That to me would be something that's... Down there. Oh, especially this day and age. Oh, yeah. yeah. Give us, give us that. It's 23 out of 30. Now yep. it's your turn, Clay Thompson. I know you're rehabbing now or whatever it is. Exactly. Yeah. Like, throw down that challenge. I would love to see, I mean, Trey Young is in this horse matchup, right? I'd love to see Trey Young, you know, kind of on TikTok or on Twitter with a video. Trey versus Steph Curry. Give right. me Trey Curry versus Steph. Yep. Challenge. Who could beat this rack? You yep. know, whatever it is. Yep. Yeah. And I, and... I'm glad they're doing it because I think it's going to be, and I can't wait to see the, the ratings on this. And again, just so you guys uh, know, it is Sunday at 7, which is going to be kind of what we're going to get here to open this up. And then uh, I do believe the final is going to air on Thursday night at 9 o'clock, also on ESPN. So you got the, the four quarterfinal matchups Sunday at 7 and the two semifinals plus the final on Thursday. So, I, you know, that's Sunday night. I can't. It's going to be, you know, ESPN might be overloaded by the amount of people that are going to tune into that. And listen, if it is a big success and, you know, maybe we're still a month away or something along those lines, uh, you know, and it, we're not looking until a July start or whatever. Um, yeah. And, you know, we might get one or two of those types of things and maybe get a little one-on-one -on -one kind of action, too, or something along those lines. Uh, but, you know, the question was brought up, Dan, and it's a fair question, too. There's, man, there is some pressure on some teams here that were formed, put together, right. checks written for this year. You know what I mean? And unfortunately, it's, uh, you know, if all doesn't happen, right, and the season is canceled altogether, 
That's another year for some of these players. That's a lot of lost revenue. Guys aren't getting any younger. You, everything, you, your trades at the deadline. I mean, guys sacrificed a lot to put all their chips into the middle of the table. And right. there is, I mean, who in your mind has got the most to lose if this playoffs don't take center stage and we're not crowning a champion this year which nba team do you think has the most uh, the most to lose right now i would say it's the lakers joe i would uh, say yeah. it's the lakers and I think it's both la teams yeah so i don't disagree with that but remember the clippers are comprised as of you know there's depth there right mm -hmm. and and Kawhi is in his prime paul george is in his prime um you know you know how much i love lou williams who by what? the way who, by the way, may be my choice if they all had to play horse, okay? Because Lou can hit it. I'm with you there, dude. Yep, I'm with you there. But I think the Clippers, more than the Lakers, were built not necessarily for the right now. I mm -hmm. think they tried to be built for the long term. For me, it has to be the Los Angeles Lakers, Joe. They remember in the trades that they made, right, to get Anthony Davis, to put this team together, they are they are in win now mode because of the window of LeBron James. Yep. Um, and so you push that out another year, and who knows if if LeBron can play 82 games next season? Who knows these teams that have made moves to win right now, right, and have the financial walls closing in the same way we talk about like the LA Rams, right? Mm -hmm. So those are the teams that I think are susceptible to it the most. And LeBron and the Lakers come to the top of the list. When you think about teams in the Eastern Conference, right? Giannis, still young. Uh, Embiid and Simmons, still young. Yep. A lot of kids on the Celtics, still young. You know, even Jimmy Butler in Miami. You know, I mean, he's in kind of the, the middle of his career, I guess I would say. But I don't think there's any team in the NBA that was more like win now than the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron and AD. The problem they got, too, and obviously that year older with LeBron, right, and, and AD, they still, we don't know what that contract is, but we know what that contract with Kawhi is, and it's two years, guys, with an option for the third. And what you also have is teams like, oh, I don't know, the Miami Heat and others who are hoarding cap space, right. who well, are going to be able to... You know, they didn't sign the max deals. I mean, they didn't on purpose because they wanted the flexibility, Portal George and Kawhi Leonard. Now, in a perfect world, they're going to go, you know what, we're going to sign a four-year extent. We're going to go ahead and be here forever. But the reality is, you know, you lost, could have lost an entire year where you could have been a champion. Now, you basically got one year left, kind of do it or die with this team is currently constructed. But the problem is you've got Pat Riley. You're going to have all of these teams going – we got more money, and you're going to have other, uh, other bidders. You got Giannis now, who could also be in. So there's a lot, unfortunately, the way it is structured in the NBA, where if you're a team that pushed all your chips in the table, I mean, uh, Oklahoma State, we all thought they were Oklahoma State. Oklahoma City, we thought they were all, you know, kind of, uh, kind of saying, all right, let's blow it up and start from scratch. Would have loved to have seen that what Chris Paul and that team would have been able to do, you know, going in. And we may still, but he ain't going to be there. There's going to be a, a huge bidding war for Chris Paul next year. So it's, you know, what we had seen and, and got to know this year, unfortunately, if it's gone, then there's, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow, man, because a lot of these teams... You know Miami's going all in on Giannis, like, you know, but maybe they got a chance of getting Kawhi. I, it's like yeah, one Look, year is crazy to me. You know, we talk about it all the time, and I know we only got a minute or two before mm -hmm. the break. We talk about it all the time, where teams are in their cycle, right? Whether yes. they're rebuilding, kind of developing the young kids, yep. ready to put the veterans as the cherry on top. Yep. And, and, and that dictates how large your window is open, and some of it's being eaten away right now yeah big time especially for uh you know a team like uh clippers man Ballmer just whatever i gotta do to win is kind of what he did but he didn't lock himself in for a long term so um that's a problem but listen hopefully good news we uh, as a matter of fact we heard uh from adam silver about when they would like maybe we're a little closer to that cutoff date uh, the, the absolute cutoff date. We'll talk to you about uh, what Adam Silver said. We'll do that coming up next here. It is the early line on the grid, sportsgrid.com.
sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. All right, welcome back in here, the early line on the grid, sportsgrid.com. Joe Ranieri, Dean Martinez, as uh, we continue uh, to get some information, continues to flow in here about uh, what the state of sports is going to look like here over the next uh, couple of months. And uh, we do know for a fact we've got a draft. We know we got some UFC fights uh, coming up. We also know that uh, these leagues, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, uh, college football, you name it, uh, prepping for a some sort of season. They're all pushing forward in some capacity with their plans, hoping that once they can get to that point where the all-clear is given, or as best as it can, that they can start implementing this. And we uh, talked that we do know, or at least um, we got a woge bomb here over the last couple of days where he says the plan for the NBA and what they're kind of centering around, and we're always wondering, Dane, where is that cutoff, right, before it's right. too late? Um, and Wojnarowski's point was, listen, in a perfect world for the NBA, they want to crown an NBA champion Labor Day weekend. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Labor Day weekend is, is it end of August or beginning of September? At the beginning of September. All right, so it's first weekend, let's say first week end yeah. of September. That apparently, according to Woj, is that that date, if they can get a champion by then, that means they would actually be able to finish the season and make the playoffs. So you're probably looking at, what, a July? July, right? July, somewhere along those lines. Um, and that is kind of, I think, what, and what they have they circled, the NBA. What do they think? Is, is it Could they go further? Sure, but I think anything further than Labor Day, what we're hearing is that's past the point to finish the season. Right. You can always get to that, but if you want to finish it all straight up, and I certainly hope they do, then I think that September 7th mark, that's what they're going to be shooting for. And again, that could change, but it's at least a benchmark, I think, Dan, which makes sense. Yes, they could do the playoffs a little longer, but get me to September 7th as a champion and fits right into everything else, too, wouldn't it, like September? It does, but then, you know, we've talked about these before, Joe, and the idea that if we push back a certain amount, then what happens to the following season, right? right? So we're talking <laughs> about early September, Joe, to crown a champion, right? And then, most years, at least, the new NBA season starts in, what, mid-October, let's say? Right. That means, under that premise, Joe, um, if you crown a champion on Labor Day weekend, and then to start the following season in a way that would not be compromised, and obviously I guess compromising the season would be on the table, right. but that would leave you what, Joe? Between early September and mid-October? That's what, like five, six weeks, Joe? To do all the yeah. business that has to happen that we see the NFL doing. That means free agency. That means the mm -hmm. draft. That means, you know, uh, getting into game shape and having your preseason. And that, to me, would be a very condensed time frame right. to do all that league business. But remember, Joe, you can't have the draft uh, until the season's done because you don't know the draft order. Right, right. So right, that yeah. happens. And, 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 and so you also don't know, God forbid, Joe, remember how Kevin Durant in the NBA Finals tore his Achilles? Yeah, no, I, uh, yep, that's correct. For the following year, yep. until the season is complete. Right. God forbid something like that were to happen. So I think it's great to have that as a date. My concern as a champion, like not to start, but if you can end it, and don't forget, most of the teams will already, but still, but have been out by August, which is really, you know, it won't be as dramatic as if you said we're not starting the playoffs until September seventh. We're still crowning a champion on September yeah. and still yeah. only gives you about six weeks until, like, the opening day. That's of at least workable as opposed to starting in September and what some people are like, oh, they'll just play, they'll just play. Like, like oh, wow, like, that's just, you got a champion on September, you can extend it a month, and it's, yeah, I think it's a little easier to make up as opposed to... It would be tight because look at what we're seeing. We right start now. until January of next year, which is just that's screwy. Pushing back the next season would have right. to happen. But remember what we just said at the be 
at the in the first hour of this show, right? How the market for someone like Jameis Winston or yeah. Cam they have to wait now until the draft happens mm -hmm. to have teams fill their needs. Yep. Like, however they sequence this, free agency, the draft, um, uh, training camp, mm -hmm. would be very interesting. And it just, it would be condensed, even if, like you said, confetti is falling down on Labor Day weekend. It still only gives you six weeks. I think if they do that plan, it's a soft tacit acknowledgement right. that next year's season would not start at its normally scheduled. What if they chant, and this has been talked about too, Best of five. Right. Instead, right? I mean, that could certainly go a long way into cutting a whole lot of time, travel down, and everything else as far as that goes, right? So best of five, which is kind of what they used to be. They keep doing seven games across the board, which we all thought was ridiculous anyway. round was out of five, and then the other rounds were out yeah, of five. Yeah, right, right. So that first round was like, you know, what are we doing here? I mean, so, um, again, maybe we'll see, but uh, listen, all of these sports leagues are in the same situation here, Dan, one way or the other. Baseball, NHL, which we haven't heard that much about there. Uh, but we know NFL, everybody's September 7th for a lot of franchise, for a lot of leagues, is a, is, is a great uh, kind of pinpoint where you either get it going or you end up finishing one way or the other. And I get that. But, you know, some leagues, I guess, and some players, and we talked about it with the NBA, you know, it sucks for the Clippers if this season gets washed. Right. But, you know, it's not just the Clippers. There's a lot of teams. Yeah. There's a lot of players, Dane, that got a lot to lose here if nothing happens through the end of this year. Yeah, and, you know, we talked about teams and kind of the way they're constructed. We've mm -hmm. talked also, Joe, about guys like Roger Federer, mm -hmm. right? You know, and other... Uh, Real guys, yep. And Nadal, who may not have a chance. I'm going to tell you about someone, Joe, who right now, okay, is... 23 years old mm. and I think is getting the most raw deal out of any Ooh. athlete. Okay. Um, do you have any idea where I'm going to go, Joe? If I had to pick a sport, yeah. I would say baseball. No, I'm going to talk about the case of American Simone Biles, Joe. Ooh. Okay. We know, Olympic, the love it. Mm -hmm. we know the Olympics have been postponed, right? Now, she already got the short end of the stick, Joe, on the, on the front end, okay? In the 2012 Olympics, okay, she was already dominant, Joe. Mm -hmm. She was a dominant force winning every competition she was in. Yep. But she was 15 years old for the 2012 games, okay? And there was a rule. It used to be, you remember like Nadia Comaneci all the way back mm -hmm. in the day? It used to be that you can compete if you were 14 years old or older. Yep. They changed that rule in 1981. From 81 to 96, you were able to be like uh, 15. Then it changed to 16, okay? So Simone Biles, who was already the best gymnast in the world, Joe, in the 2012 games, couldn't compete, all right? So she got screwed out of one Olympics already in 2012. Wow. Then the last ones that happened in 2016, she was 19 years old, Joe as you know, was dominant, won the all-around, won four gold medals. Yep. In just that performance was, you know, thought of as one of the best gymnasts of all time, right? Now, what has she been doing the last four years? Continuing to dominate, Joe. She has not lost a competition she's entered ever, Joe, since 2013. Ever, okay? And now, already, Joe, <laughs> in 2020, going into this, she would have been 23 years old, yep. Joe. That is already pushing the limits for gymnasts, okay? The, per the, the oldest person who won the all-around was like 20, 21 years old recently. There right. have only been three gold medals given to women gymnasts who are over 22 years old, like in the last 40 years. And those were like individual events or because they were a member of the team, not being like an individual stud like Simone Biles is. She was going to be 23 years old yep. here in uh, the 2020 Olympics. That's now you're asking crazy. her to push it back yet another year, okay, where she would be 24 years old, really? which is ancient for a gymnast. So she got screwed out of a weird rule on the front end. She's getting this one pushed back, and who knows, you know, like, I'm sure the physical aspect won't be the issue, but, like, we're asking her to do now superhuman things. When all is said and done, she may be the greatest gymnast of all time, mm. but will only maybe participate in one Olympic Games. I think that severely hampers potentially her legacy, and I think she's getting screwed more than almost anybody else. And let me ask you, because I don't know how it works in 
gymnastics, yeah. but also along the lines, like she's she can't make money. Like she can't be a pro. Like she she had to remain her. I mean, not all sports obviously are like that in the Olympics, but I do believe gymnastics. The reason why it works for kids so young is because their entire life from five years old straight through are it's gym. So once girls get to, you know, 17 or, or 20, 21, they're ready to start their lives. And exactly. she's kind of put that on hold, has she not? Exactly. You know, mm. already, Joe, to make the 2020 games. You right, know exactly. Mean? Right, right. Yep. 23 years old. This is old for a gymnast. Yep. Okay? It already is. And so she kind of, like, got unlucky on the 2016 games because she, she was just too young. Yep. And even that barrier was a new kind of rule. You know what I mean? So she got screwed on the front end. Right. Could have won some gold medals when she was 15, right? Dominated when she was 19. And then when she was 23, which is already the further reaches of how old, you know, you kind yes. of can, can do it in right. that sport. She's now being asked to delay yet another year. So I think the calendar severely compromises her ability to fulfill, you know, um, right. all the potential that she had. And it's not her fault. It's weird scheduling quirks. So I just wanted to bring it up mm. like it's happening. In a good point. Sports, right. You mentioned Vince Carter, mm -hmm. you know, not getting his victory lap kind of thing. But it happens everywhere that this year is being eaten up and this opportunity for many. I just think Simone Biles is a very interesting case. Yeah. And, and you know what? She's probably not alone around the world with some of these athletes, yeah. especially those ones on the back nine um, right. that were, you know, another year. And you know how much can happen in the Olympics? Yeah. One year you could go from the number two to the world to the number 10. <laughs> Mentioned Kerry Walsh. Remember yeah, the yes, exactly. Walsh. Yes, exactly. Like had performed in a ton of Olympics already yep. with 50 May and all this stuff. Had a yep. new partner. She's, uh, you know, I believe she's almost pushing 40. Has two children already. Okay, yep. and yep. so the ask for her to be in like elite, top line shape, ready to go. Yep. Yet another year. It's you know, there's going to be some sad stories, but I think specifically for Biles because she is in the conversation of the greatest yes. of all time. You yes. know. And having these kind of weird quirks of the calendar, you know, kind of dampen her overall picture. And she's, um, you know, listen, I, I think she's still the oh, best yeah. gymnast. But again, a year from now, anything can happen. That's a lot of time, effort, energy, sacrifice about yeah. all involved with her to, to be able to do this. Because at 24, and that's, again, these gymnasts. They get to 20, they want to start their life, they want to go to college, they want to get all this done. They got, they're done with that, you know, 12 hour, 15 hour a day gymnast since they're five. So I get it. She's made a lot of sacrifice, her family, and if she happens to nail it though. Um, yeah, I, the, yeah, Wheaties, and uh, if, if she's not already there, I mean, it's, it's, she is going to be the most recognized face. For gymnastics for a long time, I think. Probably is, but like even names you know, Joe, like Gabby Douglas. Stopped right, remember them exactly. Yes. Stopped when she was 21. Yeah. And, and and it's a new rule. Like back in 1996, we saw Kerry Strug competing at age like 15, yep. whatever it was. But there is a new rule in place that you had to be at least 16. So she right. just missed the boat on the front side, and she's going to be asked to push back a little Terrible. bit on yep. the back side. I think, you know, yep. uh, I know it's impacting a lot of different athletes, a lot of different teams. I just wanted to shine a light on yeah. one of the greatest American gymnasts of all time, yep. you know, starting. It, it, and it, it just sucks for her. That's all. And it's so, and it just goes to show you, too, when it comes to those sports, it, it is the edges of so razor thin, yeah. guys. It's like not even because the littlest thing. <laughs> they've been preparing for this you exactly know, one exactly. summer um so it's more than joe like we talked about the horses right how they're getting trained for the first saturday in may and that's now correct these these athletes have been for years and years and years pointing to july of 2020 yep. and now that's all different all of it is uh is changed around the horn including listen there's a lot not only the uh, the gymnast and the rest of the uh, the athletes from around the world, and that's the other thing. It's not just the U.S. It's oh, no. everywhere. Is it's I'm you know there's a lot of stories like that in the Olympics, but it's going to happen next year. We know that. Knock on wood. All's going to be good to go. They are going to be able to compete next year. Then really, you're going to have I do believe the Winter Olympics the following year, and then we start it all over. And I do think. They were bringing baseball back. Was it? Is I think it's the next Olympics, right? It would have been 
experimental sport. 2024, yeah, 2024, they would have brought, uh, brought that back. So, um, which is, is cool. It'd be interesting to see that, but no major league players, I believe. Uh, they won't allow that to happen. Um, but listen, I, it's, there's a lot still to be determined. And father time and that clock is ticking for a lot of people and a lot of athletes uh, around the world. Serena in the or Z- you mentioned it. Yep. Oh, you talk about Tiger. How many, yep. like, if one of these majors has already been post or canceled instead of postponed, yes. that means this is a year and all that matters is the majors. That's right? correct. You know, say it. So instead of four chances this year, he's going to have three. That's and right. how many more does he really have? So when I think about these people that, yep. like you said, are on the back end, it's, it's kind of a shame that either it's, they get that full chance or they won't get that victory lap kind of tour. That's right. Um, you know, hey, another one of these implications. Yeah, and uh, listen, there's no easy way around it. Obviously, we want everyone to be very, um, shall we say, safe, relaxed. Yeah. You got to, you know, listen, we all want to live our lives and get back to it as soon as, uh, as soon as we can and get back to enjoy the things that we love, including... Uh, not just as fans, but of course as athletes. There, a lot of guys, a lot of girls, a lot of people chomping at the bit to get, to get it going. Um, but it's it's gonna happen. It feels like it's been almost three years, Dane, since we've seen any sports. It's mind blowing to me every day when we do this on how it's like. I I just it's been like months. It's been like like I feel like it's almost. E- it's not like it's not like so it's only been a little it's been a little a uh, little over a month and i do think that uh something is going to break and i do think this horse event and the ufc those types of things will at least um get us back to a situation where we're like oh yes okay it's coming because it is and the draft too wnba draft nfl draft there's you know there are things going on that are taking place to getting back to some normalcy, and I, for one, I can't wait to see it. Oh, yeah, and I'll be ready to watch it. I will be tuning in, okay? Yes. And I recommend all of you tune in. And then from then until now, just keep it locked and get your edge right here on SportsGrid because we will be getting you ready for it regardless of what it is. Whether it's- SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.